The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode number 86. I said I was going to stop doing that, but I even looked it up before we started this one. Wow, overachieving. Overachieving. So uh, it's just me and Ryder today, and we have a good one for you. This is one I'm excited about. This is one that... uh. I was sitting there looking at because we need to do a podcast today because it's Friday. This one will air on Monday. And I was like, you know what? What's happening right now that would be helpful to guys that are out there filming turkey hunts that are about to crank up any day now? And the idea coronavirus. that... Coronavirus. Coronavirus is yeah, happening right no, now. No, we're not talking about the coronavirus. It's and corona time. <laughs> I'm bringing Ryer into this one blind because I kind of thought that would be cool for him to come into this podcast with... Not a, us not talking about it, him not knowing what we're going to talk about. So if he fumbles, then it's because he doesn't know what we're talking about. But I highly doubt I have he no will. idea what we're talking about. Yeah. So you said I'm going to like this one, which leads me to gonna, believe that I'm going to hate it. No, you're going to like Anytime it. Anytime somebody's like, oh, you're going to like this you're one. You're going to like this one. So never like it. This, so on this podcast, this is going to be the five reasons why your videos suck. And this is going to be the infield edition. So this is only talking about infield production. And five things that I feel like guys do that don't lend themselves to good videography, to a good finished product. So five things that you do is this five things that you don't do or don't do that make your video suck. So if you had to tell, if you had to give me your five, what would they be? I'm going to see how close they are to my five. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to need some time for this one. <laughs> okay. Cause I, I haven't had any time to prepare my thoughts or my statements. I haven't had my speechwriter All right, well, go over anything. How about we just go through my five uh, and you chime in on some well, of the, some I, of the thoughts. I could go with my instinctual things. What's your instinctual things? I would say just like throwing up the camera and just running it. A little, a little more detailed than that, but yeah. Okay. Like I'm, I'm thinking you. Like you're just running around with a camera. I'm thinking of five specific oh. things that guys do or do not do or might not understand that would help their video tremendously. Oh, uh, no differing angles. Okay, same, that's kind of same what that shot, was... the same like medium shot for mm-hmm. everything. Okay, that's one of them. Uh, zooming in and zooming out. I I don't, I don't know. know I, don't, I don't have that one on there, but I, 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 I know what you're saying. I think it's just. It it points. I know some people like it, but I personally don't like it. I think it makes videos look amateur to me. Yeah, uh, we're not getting into editing or anything yet, too. So no. just for you, the guys listening, this is just in field. We're going to do another edition of this in editing, and I'm going to let you run point on that one because I'm going to do this one, then you're going to run point on the editing one. Not being in focus. <sighs> kind of. I got one similar to that on the list. Hmm. Not d- things in the field. So number one on my list is you don't know how to properly run your camera with the right settings. So what by saying that is 
most guys are going to turn their camera on. They're going to flip it to full auto. Oh, I see what we're doing. I need to say the things yeah. that people are doing that's causing. Yes. Not things five that are reasons, in the videos. Five reasons their videos suck. Oh, so instead of saying instead of saying the same shot, I su- it's like Jeopardy. Or yeah. It's like that one game where yeah. you have to answer so, with a question. So, okay, you're wrong. Okay. I, I should have said... <laughs> Not framing your shots. That's correctly. one of my. That's that's okay. later on. Okay. There we go. So, okay, I know what we're doing. So, now. Uh, number one, you don't know how to properly run your camera with the right settings. And what I mean by that is, most guys get a camera, they flip it to full auto, stick it on a tripod, and hope for the best. And you are never going to get the best results by doing that. There's a lot of things that that camera is going to see in its little computer brain that says, "Hey, we should make the ISO." 57,000 because it's dark. No, we don't want to do that because that's going to make our image look like dog crap. But if you flipped your camera to auto, guess what? You don't have a choice. That's what it's at. That's what it's going to be at. That's burned in the footage. There's no way to recover it. And that footage is trash. If you're in really, really bright sunshine, that auto is going to completely black out your subject and expose for the background because that's what the sensor tells it to do. Guess what? You're never going to recover that in post. It's going to look like dog crap. That is why you don't run on auto. Will auto work in perfect, beautiful, perfect world conditions? Yes. How often do we film hunts in that? Very, very rarely. Yeah, I would say out of all the things that you could have a camera and run it in auto is almost anything except for what we do. Mm -hmm. Like, you could run around a city and vlog yourself and run it and run your camera in auto. for sure. And it'll it'll work a lot of the times, but not hunting. It seems well, like not and, ever. And I have in my notes here at the very least, and I, when I and I stress at the very least, you need to learn to run your camera in manual focus. Because if you don't underst- if you don't figure out how to how to adjust how to manipulate focus and draw someone's eye, which I we made a post on Redneck Tech today about that. If you can't figure out how to draw someone's eye or separate subjects from their backgrounds, if you can't figure out how to do that and everything looks like it's shot on an iPhone, meaning everything's in focus, if you think in your mind, well, everything's in focus, that's good, right? Watch any movie, any television show, any decently produced thing and tell me anything you've ever seen that everything's in focus. Nothing. That's not how it's supposed to work. That's, that's not how it works because when everything's in focus, it looks amateur it mm-hmm. looks like somebody in auto because that camera is trying to get everything exposed correctly everything in focus and by doing that the settings are nowhere close to where you want them to be to have a cinematic or production value feel number two you hit the nail on the head you don't understand how to frame things so when we say you don't understand how to frame things what we mean is when you are looking into your viewfinder and you're videoing something, you don't understand how to put those things inside that frame in the right place. And the best way to learn how to do that is to watch other shows, high production shows, and watch how they frame people. Watch the tops of people's heads. They're at the very top of the frame. You know, look at how people shoot cutaways, how they shoot things tight. They never shoot them head on. They always have some sort of angle that they're working with is how, how to manipulate angle. They never, you never square up to something when you're shooting it. You always want to shoot things at a slight angle, a harsh angle. And that's where you can be creative. Um, people really struggle with 
how to frame people, how to frame animals coming in. You know, that, that is, and that's the beautiful thing that we talked about a million times, wide, medium, tight. When you have time, you get all three of those. You get that animal really, really wide. And sometimes you can put that animal at the very bottom, like right-hand side of your frame and make it look like a huge expanse. That's framing. Other times, if you have a long lens and the turkey's coming in, you can zoom way in. I mean, you can count the hairs on his head. All right. Those are all different ways of framing the shot. And then when you frame motion, like when things are in motion, how do you frame it? All right. Well, you obviously want to give things a little more headroom or a little more, you know, foot room, some area to where when you're in moving the camera, things aren't going in and out of the frame. That's how you frame motion. How do you frame multiple people? You always frame the tallest person's top of their head, not the shortest person. That way you're not cutting off someone's head. Is it okay to cut off someone's head? Yes, in certain situations. But this is where you've got to watch and learn and understand other production and other situations where that is okay. When you're getting like super emotional, when you're getting super dark or super, you know, angry or whatever, that's perfectly okay to get in super tight on somebody's face, cut off the top of their head, even cut off their chin and just focus on their mouth and their eyes or vice versa. Um, that's the next one. Nobody, you know, people don't understand how to frame emotion. And that is, that can be super, super tight or super, super wide. It just depends on what the feel that you're going for. Um, people don't get wide shots. How do you frame a wide shot? Usually you don't want the subject of that wide shot, like a house or a truck, dead center of your frame. You want to put that rule of thirds, one side of the other. And then, like I said, angles. You want to make sure you're shooting angles. You're never shooting things straight on. Um, because when you're looking at somebody, when you're watching something and, and something straight on, it just it makes you feel uncomfortable. It feels kind of like rigid. Whereas when you see an angle and you can be creative with the angle that you're shooting, and when, and when I say angle, say we're shooting a cutaway of somebody flipping off a safety on a gun after they shot a turkey. Well, I'm not going to get perpendicular to their trigger. I'm going to get above or below or to the side and super tight, push into the end of my lens, and I'm going to get really creative with that shot. Well, if I just have my camera flipped on auto, I don't understand I'm shooting that whole person wide, flipping off their safety, that's not dynamic. Versus getting down on a knee, getting really close, zooming way in, and just seeing in my frame just that trigger and that safety. That's framing. And that then you contrast that shot, that super tight shot, with the trigger, and then your next shot is a big wide shot of that guy sitting at the base of the tree. Well, that's that's how you're going to keep your viewer engaged, is now you've changed the angle, you've changed everything, and it keeps somebody sucked into what you're doing versus everything looking exactly the same, which is what you were talking about earlier. And Because and, we see it all the time. We see guys that they'll send us something or we'll see something posted on um, social media that everything is, like, belt up. Mm-hmm. Everything. And that's 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 not understanding framing, or that's just being lazy, or being timid. Whoever you're shooting and don't want to move around. How often are we? How often are we this far apart? Which we're, what, we're five or six feet apart right now when we're filming. You know, I'm I I'm continually close. run into people. Oh yeah, I'm, I always run into them. I'm close. I'm way far back. I'm over the left shoulder, over the right shoulder. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're literally running circles all the time, and that's that goes with photography too. Um, that's part of it. So don't be afraid to get in there and get those shots. Um, uh, you said that one framing, didn't you? Yeah. my Mine was there just all the same Yeah, shot. everything looks so the same. You I w- think you need a variety of oh, yeah. shots. 
Yeah, I can't stand seeing the same shot more than once. And when I'm and when I'm running my camera, if I get the same, if I get a shot, and then I go to another shot, and it even feels remotely the same, I change something. I'll go up or down or zoom in more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So framing is the number the number two thing that I feel like people um, aren't getting to to imp- in, no, to improve their videos. Um, Number three is the biggest one, but probably the hardest one is you aren't producing talking or getting talking at all. And we, how many times have we harped on producing dialogue? Every podcast. Every podcast, yeah. Um, and we're going to harp on it again because no one does a good job of it. I mean, I think we fail at it sometimes. Um, I think what we did is, I think what we did on this blue stem piece, which first two are done. Um, next two are in the in the hopper, but I think we did a good job there. But we also had multiple people. When you're by yourself, it's a little bit harder to do. Um, and and how do you produce dialogue? The simplest way to explain it is it because it's not hard, guys. The simplest way to explain it is you've got to produce the person talking. So if I'm filming Ryer and he's talking to me. I want to make sure a couple things is is the conversation of the sentence or the couple sentences he just told me to the camera are they conducive to editing? What do I mean by that? Do they have big long gaps? Do they have lots of ums and uhs and pauses? Do they have a clean start and a clean stop? Did his inflection tell me that this is the beginning of a sentence and then this is the end of a sentence? Or did his inflection make it to where it sounds like he's never going to end his sentence and like that, you know, it, it's because it, you think I'm going to say another word. Well, as a producer behind the camera, and someone's talking, we've got to make sure we have clean beginnings, clean ends. And then we want to, and, and you, sometimes people want to talk too much and I would rather someone go too much than not enough. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's really very few times where there's not enough. Like I love little sound bites, one word, you know, little blurbs that you can throw in there in different places that changes the pace of your edit. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about dialogue is when you have tons of dialogue, you can make that edit as long or as short, as fast or as slow. Um, what is that? Is that our AC? I don't know what that is. Sounds like something outside. Sound like a vehicle start. Anyway, we heard something outside. Sorry, guys. Um, but you don't, you, uh, Recreate these conversations if you have to. Sometimes really good things happen that we don't get the first time. And is it ever as good the second time as it is the first time? No. Yeah, that's something outside, isn't it? Sounds like a truck. Yeah. Anyway, um, recreate them if you have to. Lots of times we have to ask guys to recreate. Hey, you know, hey, you were just talking about the weather this week. Hey, can you just give me that one more time? And a lot of times they'll look at you, so the weather this week, and you're like, first thing you do is, like, hey, can you start one more time? Don't say so. All the time. I tell people that all the time. They always want to say so before they start talking. It drives me insane. Um, and the biggest thing about producing dialogue is talk to the camera every chance you get or get your subject to talk to the camera every chance you get. It is second nature now for Chuck and I and Brian and I. When they see a camera stuck in their face, they know, I want you to talk to me. Tell sometimes, me. sometimes it's two second nature. Oh yeah. Like I'm just trying to get them doing their thing mm-hmm. and then they see the camera and then they start talking mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I was just, you just do what you were doing. I don't want you to talk to <laughs> yeah. me right now. Yeah. But as a producer, we it's have good. to say that yeah. we have to say, Hey, look, don't need you talking this time, <laughs> you know, for you know, first time for everything. But, um, <laughs> we're constantly, constantly talking to the camera. I mean, 
incessantly, which it's not hard with Chuck because he never shuts up. True. But then um, Brian, you know, I'll get him to talk to the camera and I'll produce certain things. Like, hey, tell me about the weather that's happening. Tell me about, you know, the new blind we're going to. Tell me about, you know, you name it. Because, like I've said before, you have to assume your viewer's stupid. You have to go explain the who, what, when, where, why weather. And then once they say that, once they go through their dialogue and they talk to the camera, then what do we have to do as a producer? Then you have to do the recreates. Then you have to get the recreates or yeah. the B-roll to that's support. What was, yeah. That's what I was going to add to this is mm-hmm. that. Go ahead. I think the biggest, the biggest thing to me that I hate seeing is just somebody just talking to the camera for 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes. Just no different angles. No cutaways, just them talking to the camera. And, of course, there's times for that. I think, you know, there's times where the situation warrants that when it's really emotional or what they're saying is very important or that what they're saying is just so interesting that you you can't really add anything to it by putting a, another shot over that. But I think generally 90 to 95% of the time that's not the case especially when you're you know doing your setups or talking about what's happening right now or what just happened or what you hope is going to happen or whatever it may be all that uh, I guess storytelling dialogue if I don't want to watch somebody look, talk to the camera for 30 to 45 seconds well, or apparently a, a lot of people do because there's a lot of that. Yeah, it drives me insane. Yeah, I can't, me too. I can't stand it. And I think, like, this is one of the things that I think is definitely a difference between the things that we produce and, like, what Hollywood produces. Because if you watch a Hollywood movie, there is a lot of talking. Uh, but it's not to the camera. It's usually to other characters within the film. And the actors are so good that it you feel like you're just watching two people talk yeah. in a scene. Yeah. As opposed to you're just watching, you know, you're like nobody probably wants to watch me talk to the camera for a minute. <laughs> It'd be boring. Yeah. So I think that's, I think, you know. Well, you think about, just think about the product videos I just did for Spy Point for Brian. Yeah. You know, they're averaging a minute and a half and, and Brian's talking the whole time. I bet you see Brian 10% of the time. And out of that 10% of the time, 5% is from one camera angle and 5% is from another camera angle. Yeah, so you've got, you know, 90% of that video is covered by supporting footage. B-roll, trail camera pictures, graphics, you name it. But it's engaging. It's, It's never, you know, it's a constant movement. It's a constant, like, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. Mm-hmm. Um, is there... And... and, and I feel like when we're when we're do when we're talking about this, I think guys get scared off that they feel like this is too high level production. We're just gonna go with the you know, with the documentary style, you know, one camera, let it run and that's how it's edited. We don't take a lot of you know, we can't put it forth as extra effort. But that's not really doc- that's not that's not tech- that's not documentary style. Well, I, 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 well, that's the wrong word, but it's it's essentially they're editing in camera. Is there yeah. shooting exactly how the end you know it's going to end up whereas the only difference in what we're saying and what you're already doing people that are doing that is a little bit more time and that's it there's really not that big a difference understanding your camera and a little bit more time can improve your production tremendously um 
Number four, you don't pay attention to audio. A lot of guys that are out there, and I say guys, I mean guys and girls. I hope you all understand that. Um, You don't pay attention to audio, meaning you've got an internal mic on your camera, and that's it. You get what you can get, and your audio sounds like a fuzzy inside of a Walmart half the time. You know, you don't, you haven't either monitored it, monitored it. You don't have a better microphone with, that you need to still monitor. And most of the time, nobody's running wireless mics. And that is, that's important. That is super important to get that audio because that makes the production that much better. Bad audio is as bad as bad video. Um, ambient noise is important. Ambient audio is important. Turkeys gobbling in the distance, leaves scratching, wind blowing, all those things are important. But if you haven't monitored your audio or haven't invested in a good microphone to even be able to get that audio, you're not going to have it. Um, And you're... Two things. I can watch a video within the first 15 seconds and tell you whether or not it's something I'm going to continue to watch just by these couple of things. Do they understand how to frame? Do they know how to run their camera? Do they understand audio? And I can tell you, and if I and if they don't, I can't watch it. And, and maybe I'm the minority, and maybe we're, you know, we're being a little pretentious, but this is what I say. If you can do these things, I believe it will improve what you're doing. Um, get a wireless mic, monitor your audio. When I say monitor your audio, plug in a pair of earbuds and listen to it as it's happening. That way you know when things are bad. And if you get bad audio, you go back and you recreate it. Be conscious of things that are happening around you. Be conscious of people that are talking behind you while you're trying to get someone else talking in front of you because you you can't hear those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Be conscious of too much wind. Be conscious of um, too loud of audio, you know, shotgun blasts and things like that, spiking your audio. Just be conscious of these things. And last but not least... I think to add to that... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Too, just on the ambient audio side of things, uh, one thing that I've started doing lately is almost every time I sit, I try to just set the camera at you know a level where the ambient audio is really noticeable and then leave it for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. whether that be... Uh, you know, you're sitting in kind of a windy tree, so you get the sounds of that, or you're sitting and it's really still and you could just hear little things, or uh, like at Bluestem, we walked up to the uh, to the pond that one day and there was just so many birds, it was almost deafening. Mm-hmm. So you get that sound. Yeah. Um, just, and every single place that you sit is going to be different and it's going to have a different sound. And if you get a minute of it, I mean, you're sitting there for, yeah. you're going to sit there for four hours. Yeah. So it, as soon as you get there, you know, and you set up the camera, leave it run for a minute. Put I put my hand over the lens to tell myself in editing, like, this is just a sound clip. Yeah. Um, and that way you can just loop that for three minutes if you had to. Yeah. If for whatever reason. You needed to you, clean, your, clean your audio up somewhere. Yeah, if the audio later was bad or if you just wanted a nice ambient track. There's been a um, lot of times that would have saved my butt, and I haven't done that. Um, that and you is, can pull it. You yeah. can pull it from other places, but yeah. I think that's been something that I've I've done lately that I hadn't been doing before that I've really liked to yeah. have in the editing process, and it just goes back to 
um, you know, having, take, well, that, having t- good sound. Taking the time to do it and being conscious of doing it. Okay, last but not least, and I think this one is, this is going to be the hardest pill to swallow for a lot of, lot of people listening, is the number, this is number five on the list, but I think this is the number one reason, and this is kind of an overarching thing, the number one reason your videos suck, in my opinion, is you're more worried about hunting than filming. And when I say that, if you are there to create content, if you're there to film a hunt, if you're there to tell a story, truly, that's what you're there for, then the filming's got to be more important than the hunting. I've been on, God, I don't know how many freaking filming trips, hunting trips, couldn't tell you, um, hundreds. And the goal for me every single time is filming, not hunting, because it has to be. That's what I'm there for. And I've made a commitment to my clients that that's what I'm there for, is to get good video, audio, sound, and pictures of this hunt. Now, we do this professionally. We're getting paid to do it. I understand that we are going to be different than a lot of the guys listening. But you have to make a decision on what kind of content you want. If you want good content, if you want solid video, solid audio, all of those things, then the hunt has got to come second. The production has got to come first. What does that mean? A lot more time, a lot more planning, probably some more money, but that's what it's going to take. And I think that is the single biggest reason that guys are unhappy with their final result is because they get out there, they're gung-ho about filming, they're gung-ho about getting this epic content, this epic kill, this turkey or this deer, this elk. Then they get there and the hunt starts, chaos ensues, and the filming goes by the wayside. Now they go into hunt mode and kill mode, and they're and after it's over with, they're you know they're happy about the hunt. But guess what? You don't have that piece of content or that kill shot or all that stuff that you had you've been hyping about for six months, you know, leading up to turkey season. And then now, what have you got? Nothing, because you were more worried about killing a turkey than you are about filming it. So that's a decision that each and every person has to make. Are we there just to get what we can get, which is perfectly fine. I'm fine with that. I don't want to watch that. And I don't know a lot of other people that's going to watch that except you. Are you there to get what you can get? Or are you there to truly do a good job and tell a good story? And I think if you're there to get what you can get, it's always going to be subpar. It's never going to be what you want it to be. Um, well, there's just too much stuff that yeah. you you have to stop and, and and do. Yeah. I mean, there's just, if you're, I guess it's tough for me because I've never been on a hunt where I wasn't filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I would assume that if you weren't filming, you would never stop walking around or you'd never, uh, you know, go back or tell somebody to go back down that hill or to go up in front of you or do all those things that you do to, let's say for like an elk hunt to, you know, get somebody walking through a landscape or, to get somebody walking past you or to get this shot or that shot or to get a landscape shot. I mean, uh, you're always stopping to get things. You're always trying to get different things. And then, you know, whenever you kill the animal, you have to stop right then and there and then go and do all your recreates and all that sort of stuff, which you would never do if you were just yeah 
hunting. Yeah. Um, but you've also went into that with a plan. And I think that's yeah. a big thing is not only the commitment to what you're wanting to do, but the plan as to what you're going to do when you get there. Um, and as we know, when hunting plans change, but you also have to be committed to what you're doing. And that is, okay, plans change, but I still have to get this, 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 and this. And is that going to cost you some hunts? Is that going to cost you some kills? Yeah, probably. Um, but if it's truly about getting good content, the kill is just bonus. Um, I think we've got, if we ever get a chance to edit it, the, the elk hunt from this past year will turn out to be really, really good. And uh, there's no kill in it. So, but I think we did a really good job of producing things in the field. And Ryer ran around like a wild Indian for six days getting cool stuff. Um, but filming the hunt and the experience and the weather, those things have to be on the forefront of everything you do. That can't take a back seat to the hunt. If that takes a back seat to the hunt, you're never going to be happy with what comes out of it. Um, that's that's my list. That's something that I think that is important. So just to go back through to hit the high well, points. I think to add to the last okay, go one ahead. too, I think, um, I think too, especially if you are there to film somebody else's hunt, um, I think you kind of have to understand that you're there also to do a job. Uh, so a lot of times that may mean that you have to film everybody eating when you're not, you want to eat right now, but mm -hmm. you have to film everybody else eating or mm -hmm. you have to film other people doing the cool stuff that you wish that you were doing mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of taking a back seat and being a observer with a camera, being a uh, recorder of the events as opposed to being directly involved in the events. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different, it's a whole different uh, mindset and an approach to a situation, yeah. you know, like, um, but it also took commitment to understand this is what my job is. Right. Like for example, when I, when we go to the ranch and I get to subtle flex, not really, <laughs> uh, meet Ted Nugent, right? Yeah. I didn't get to really talk, hang out and shoot hang the, out shoot and the shoot the crap with Ted Nugent the same way that somebody would like Kip did when he went there to meet Ted Nugent. Right. Yeah. Those two get to hang out. Those two get to conversate. Those two get to hunt together. Uh, and I have to be off to the side holding the camera and get all the get that whole interaction. And then while they're still hanging out, I need to go outside. I need to get the house. I need to get all sorts of other things while they're hanging out. And then after I do that, yeah, maybe I get to hang out a little bit. But I'm not there to hang out with Ted Nugent. Yeah. I'm there to film Kip hanging out with Ted Nugent. Yep. And so you're there, but your job is to film that and you have to kind of take a step back and go, okay, in order to do a really good job here, I have to, uh, you know, I have to be separate from all that stuff a little bit. And yeah. I think that that can be tough sometimes. I think uh, it can be you, tough. Cause you want, cause you want to like, you probably don't want to be filming. You'd rather be shooting the crap with Ted Nugent or yeah. you'd rather be ripping around in the dunes cars at 75 miles an hour, whatever mm -hmm. it is. You'd rather be, hunting you'd mm -hmm. rather be shooting the bow you'd rather be yeah. eating you'd rather be doing all that stuff but you're there to film it and in order to get the really cool video of that experience and that whole hunt you have to do all those things and kind of be separated from it with the camera a little bit yeah no no for sure um you have to have that understanding 
and you have to know going in that's what you're doing. Uh, don't go in with the expectation thinking you're going to hunt all the time. We go at it every day like it's a job. Do we under do we enjoy it? Heck yeah, we enjoy it. No, we wouldn't do it. Um, but it's you got to go in with a clear plan, a clear expectation of I'm here to get the best stuff I can get to tell the best story I can. I don't care how long it takes, how many shots I got to do, how many recreates we got to do, and not only that, whoever you're filming, if you're not filming yourself, whoever you're filming needs to understand that as well because. Um, thankfully our clients are awesome and they'll do whatever we need them to do to make good video and good, tell a good story. But some people might not understand why, why we're having to do things two and three times. They might not mm-hmm. understand why we're going here or doing that or, hey, walk past me, go the other way. Can you walk up that hill, this hill? Um, and sometimes it takes a little education of telling them, you know, what exactly we're doing. Uh, so just keep that in mind as well. But just to go back to reiterate, the, the the five the five points were um, the five reasons why your video sucks field edition you don't know how to properly run your camera in the right settings you don't understand how to frame things you aren't producing talking or getting any talking at all you're not paying attention to the audio and you're more worried about hunting than filming which I think is the big one so if you if any of those things fit you then you know what to work on so uh yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a really quick and dirty one that guys are going to hear, and it's going to hopefully light a fire under somebody. So what we're going to do next is I'm going to go ahead and tell Ryer we're going to do five reasons why your video sucks, editing edition. So you're going to come up with the five reasons for that, and then we're going to jump in and talk about that one. I already know the ones that I would pick, but I'm sure you're probably going to pick about the same ones. But um, that will be – heck, we'll do that one next Monday. So – We'll go ahead and uh, record that one next week. And uh, so you guys saying you got anything else? Stay safe out there. Coronavirus is a (laughs) hell of a drug. (laughs) See you guys.